Amen. We have a lot to celebrate today. And uh, today as we, uh, we come to the day after Christmas, I chose a text that uh, immediately follows the birth of Christ, and it is the great birth announcement in Scripture. Now, there were several announcements. Mary got her own personal revelation. Joseph got his personal revelation. Uh, John's father, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, got their revelation of, of John the Baptist. You know, we live in a world today, though, where birth announcements, pre-birth announcements, and what has become a huge issue with social media, gender reveal parties have just gone nuts. Uh, I mean, they have gone off the rails. Uh, this week, I had, I had already known, but uh, the, my nephew, who is a, uh, he's a manly man. He is a, uh, uh, works for the Coast Guard. He is on a rescue helicopter that flies out of Kodiak Island in Alaska. Uh, they have one little girl. And, uh, but they have a new one on the way. And we have a picture uh, that I was going to show you. I want to tell you, Kyle must love her a lot. I don't think there's any way Susan would get me to put those pants on. But this was all about revealing to the world their, their coming child. And uh, so we rejoice with them. Uh, we're excited with them. But I'm telling you, birth announcements have changed over time. Now, once again, there is no greater birth announcement than what we find in Luke chapter 2. And so that's where we're going to head today. We're going to talk about this incredible celebration that was launched on a hillside outside of Bethlehem and why we celebrate. In, in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, the scripture says, in the same region, sh regions, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born to you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with an angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message. They were told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Now, I want to keep things simple this morning as we continue our celebration of the birth of Christ. Uh, here we are on December the 26th. It's still Christmas weekend. Uh, a lot of families are out because they're still celebrating uh, the Christmas holiday with their families or they're still they're traveling uh, to home from being with their families. But there is no greater reason to celebrate than what we celebrate this week. 
than what we celebrate this weekend. If there's ever a reason to have a party, this is the reason to have a party. And I just wanted to walk through three of the reasons that we have to celebrate right here. First of all, a baby's born. Just the very birth of a child is an incredible miracle. And we see it around us so often, it, it, it's become commonplace. Obviously, it's commonplace. There's nothing to it, right? Man and woman come together, they have a baby. But when you begin to, to think deeply and intelligently about the physical miracle of birth, just the physical miracle of birth is worth celebrating. But there's something else that happens in the womb. There's something else that, that happens when, when, when conception happens. And that is a life that is born, that has come into being that was not. An eternal soul that God breathes into from, from the time of conception in the mother's womb. There is this, this eternal miracle that has taken place. And not just a physical body. Not, not just a, a, a personality, a, a person in that sense, but an eternal spirit has, has been born. And so, yes, a birth announcement is something to be celebrated. A baby is something to be celebrated. And even more so if you can get two at a time, right? Then you save a little bit on doctor bills. Uh, down the road, it may be a little bit more of a challenge, but, but at least the early part. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Greg and Bianca have twins, twin girls that are keeping them busy right now. But uh, just the, uh, the, the birth announcement, the, the, the coming of a child into the world is a miracle in and of itself. But this child in particular deserves special celebration. And that's why for 2,000 years we have continued to celebrate the birth of Christ. Because the birth of Christ is, is an event upon which history hinges. Jesus' birth represented the coming of a Messiah. God had predicted and prophesied from the beginning of time, from the time that Adam and Eve sinned against God, we find the first prophecies of a Savior who would come. From the day that, that Eve took of that fruit in disobedience to God, and Adam did the same, from that time, God promised that he would crush the head of the serpent, that he would send a Messiah, a Savior, who would eventually deliver them from the consequences of their sin. And so, this Messiah was, was this baby in particular, was the Messiah who fulfilled prophecy. So as much as any child ought to be celebrated, as much as any birth is a miracle of God, an eternal life that's entered into this world, Jesus was different. Because Jesus was the fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus was one who had been promised for centuries before, for millennia before, and stepped onto this earth in a unique way. And so you have the, the angelic proclamation Today in the city of David was born to you a Savior. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. I bring you the gospel. I bring you the good news that will transform history, but will also transform you. And so 
if there's ever a baby to celebrate, certainly Jesus is that baby. And we celebrate him every year. We pause to remember his incarnation, his stepping out of heaven, eternal God taking on human flesh, stepping into this world to walk among us, but not just to walk among us, not just to fulfill the prophecy in his coming, but even more importantly, to fulfill prophecy in his dying. Because here, even in this text, we're reminded that Jesus came with a purpose. And, and all throughout this Advent season, from, from the very first week uh, after Thanksgiving, from the very first Sunday when we talked about the hope that we have in Christ, and then the peace that comes in Christ, and joy that we have in Christ, and then last Sunday when we talk about love, every single week we have to remember that the manger is, is completely and, and without disconnect it is tied to the cross. You cannot separate the birth of Christ, the coming of Christ in the manger from the death of Christ on the cross because that's why he was born. He was born to be our savior. And he cannot, it would not be the, our savior had he not shed his blood and died on the cross for us. And so this, the proclamation of the, of the angelic chorus doesn't just celebrate a baby, a special baby, a baby born of a virgin in unique circumstances, a, a baby that, that came after a, a long journey from Nazareth. It, it do, he doesn't just the, celebrate an incredible special baby. He doesn't just celebrate a promised Messiah, someone who had been promised by the prophets who was going to come and, and, and heal Israel. But the celebration is for everyone. Everyone. Not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. Because Jesus came to save all who had sinned against God. Those who are willing he offers this eternal gift of salvation. So certainly, there's no greater birth to celebrate than the birth of Christ. And we ought to do it however we can. We do it with lights. We do it with shouting. We do it with preaching. We do it with proclamation. We, we do it with songs. Uh, we ought to be able to, we, we can celebrate with gift giving. We can celebrate with giving away. We can celebrate by surrendering ourselves. I want to look at how the angel celebrated and how the shepherd celebrated. Just right here from the text. Y'all know that's what I like to do. Let's look at the text and see what the text says. So what did the angels do with the news that they'd been given? First of all, the angels celebrated with a joyous proclamation. <laughs> the angels said to them, don't be afraid. I proclaim. The angels had to come tell it. The angels had to come shout it. The angels had to come sing it from the rooftops. The angels came with a joyful proclamation. We ought to celebrate Jesus with a joyful proclamation. We should be able and willing everywhere we go, not just at Christmas. It's actually easier at Christmas time. Because people are at least attuned a little bit to what the season is about. But we ought to be, as, as God's children who have put our faith and trust in him, we ought to be able to proclaim the Savior everywhere we go. We can proclaim him with our words and proclaim him with our actions. But we ought to celebrate the birth of the Savior. We ought to celebrate Jesus like the angels did by saying, I proclaim I bring you good news of great joy. You don't have to stay in the life you're in. 
Because God offers you something more. You don't have to, have to worry and dread the next life. You don't have to worry about what news the doctor brings because for those who have put their faith in Christ, it just gets better from here. I proclaim. They did it with their proclamation. I proclaim to you good news of great joy that for all people in this, today in the city of David, a Savior is born to you. So they did it with a simple proclamation of good news. They just simply told the story. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born. It's not that hard. We can tell others that Jesus was born to be our Savior. But they also did it in song. They did it with a worshipful chorus. In fact, I love how uh, the scripture simply uh, communicates this. They, they're continuing their proclamation, okay? So, so they're telling the story. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born for you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This is gonna be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. That's the proclamation, but all of a sudden, as soon as they got the good news out, the rest of the angels in heaven could not hold back. An entire heavenly host burst in the sky on, on the, over the hillside where those shepherds were. And think about that for just a moment. You've got a, a handful of shepherds. Now, you know, most manger scenes tell me there's two shepherds there and there's three kings. The kings didn't show up till later. We know that if you read scripture carefully. The two shepherds, though, did. That night, when they got the proclamation of the birth of Christ, after the angels sang to them, they went, they went down to, uh, to, to, the, to the manger. They went down to Bethlehem to check it out for themselves. <clears throat> Why then does heaven burst open? Why do the angels begin to sing? What, was that necessary? Did, did, were the shepherds not going to get it from the proclamation that came from, from the, the one angel who was delivering the good news? I can't say definitively, but I would simply suggest that when this announcement was made, the angelic chorus could not hold back. Such an incredible, exciting, moving, historic event was punctuated by worship. And that's the way our lives ought to be. Our lives who have been transformed by Christ ought to be punctuated by worship. They ought to be filled with worship. Every single day ought to be an act of worship to, to our God and to our King who saved our soul. We, we begin to, to take for granted so quickly and so easily the difference that God's made. We get caught up in the daily routines of life. And we forget that we have something to celebrate. We have something to sing about. We have something to worship God for. And so suddenly a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angels were praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to men whom he favors. What an incredible picture for us. We ought to be a people filled with worship. It takes me back to, to the message that I preached right after I got to see that, that glorious play called Spongebob. Spongebob, I can't get over it, people, because Spongebob every day got up even when it looked like the world was about to end. Spongebob got up and said, today's gonna be the best day ever. And we as believers in Jesus Christ ought to have that attitude. Regardless of what we face, today's gonna be the best day ever because I've got Jesus here to walk with. 
We have no reason to walk around with scowls and pouts on our faces. Because the worst thing that could happen to us, the very worst is we die and go be with Jesus. How bad's that? And so the, the angelic chorus, in, in, when, when the Messiah stepped on the earth and the, the good news was told, the gospel was simply pro- proclaimed by the angelic messenger, heaven burst open with songs of praise. We ought to be filled with songs of praise every single day. Why? Why is this so, so important? Why? Because he is our Savior. And then they gave the shepherds a very clear invitation. So if we're going to celebrate like the angels celebrated, we're going to proclaim the good news, we're going to worship God who is deserving of our worship, but we're also going to invite other people to go see. Just come check him out. Come see this Jesus. And that's exactly what they did. They, they told the shepherds, this is going to be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth, lying in a manger. Go look for yourselves. Go see. Go search out Jesus. We ought to be so excited and so in love with the Messiah who saved us that we want to tell everyone to go check him out. Go, go open his word. Go find one of his churches that preaches his word, where the gospels proclaim. Go check out Jesus for yourself. We ought to be driven to do that because of the difference that Christ has made in our lives. So the angels celebrated. <laughs> the one who brought the good news celebrated, and then the angelic chorus celebrated. They celebrated with, with a proclamation, with worship, and with an invitation for the shepherds to go find Jesus. But it wasn't just the angels who celebrated. The shepherds not only had to go check it out, but they were also going to celebrate. How did they celebrate the birth of Christ? Well, the first thing they did, like in verse 15, they hurried to Bethlehem. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds looked at each other and said, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They made a beeline to Bethlehem. They went straight to the manger looking for Jesus. When they heard the good news, when they heard that a Savior had been born, they ran to the Savior. We ought to run to Jesus. How do we celebrate a Savior? How do we celebrate his birth? We ought to run straight to his arms. And when you feel like you're fading away or you're walking away from him, turn around and run back to him. Because he is our Savior. I can't, I can't separate the, the beauty of what Christ did in his birth, in his death, and in his resurrection. I can't separate that from just the simple picture that we saw on stage up here about 15 minutes ago. Not everyone knows the depth of, of Greg and Bianca's story. In fact, few would, unless you sat in my office or had a, a microphone in there at one way. Well, you could have had the microphone down the hall because some of it was loud enough. But God took what's broken and made something incredibly beautiful that he's going to use for his glory. That's the business that God's in. That's why Jesus came. That's why he, he stepped onto earth in, in, the, in a baby, in the form of a baby. And he came to Joseph and Mary. He didn't come 
born in a king's palace. He came to be with us, with every single one of us, because we need him. I need him in the dark hours when I'm alone. I, I needed him when I was in the, in the ICU room and my daughter was dying. I needed him to be with me. I didn't need a theology. I didn't need some doctrine. I, I didn't need a God who was, who was just seated in heaven eons away. I needed a God who was Emmanuel. And I couldn't reach that God, so he came to me. He, he came in, in, the, in, in the form of a poor carpenter's son in a home that, that everybody from the outside would have said was a mess. You have a teenage girl who got pregnant out of wedlock. Jesus came into, into that environment born of the Spirit of God. And he came with a message, a proclamation to the shepherds, not to the chief priest. He came to be with us. And he came to be with us so that he could transform us. He came to be our Savior. We ought to hurry to the Savior. We ought to run to the Savior. We ought not question, but simply surrender ourselves and, and, and give our lives over to him. That's why he came. The shepherds hurried to the Savior. They went straight to Bethlehem. Verse 16 says, they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. But after seeing them, after they came in contact with Christ, even as a baby in the manger, this Christ child. Now, now certainly they'd gotten a little bit more of an exciting announcement than, than you have. Uh, you, you may have, have gotten it from, uh, from your parents. You may have gotten it at church candlelight service. You may have heard the preacher proclaim the birth of Christ. They got to hear the angelic chorus on the hillside, okay? That, that would shake up anybody. That ought to fire you up. But if you come into a relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords, you ought to be fired up anyway. After they came into the presence of Christ, the scripture tells us they went and they reported that message to everyone who would listen. After seeing them, they reported the message and that they were told about this child and all who heard it were amazed. As the shepherds left the scene of the manger and they went back up on the hillside or they went back through Bethlehem, everyone they saw, they had to tell. They, they couldn't keep it within themselves. They, had to, they gave testimony about what happened on the hillside. They gave testimony about what they found in the manger. That's all they knew. Notice, these shepherds were not scholars. These shepherds weren't described as Pharisees or Sadducees or scribes. It weren't like, it's not like that they were the, the seminary trained. They were shepherds on a hillside. And yet, all they could do is tell what they had seen and heard. We overcomplicate the proclamation of the good news far too much. The angels shared it. The angels just simply told the story. Today, for you was born a savior in the city of Bethlehem. They just proclaimed it. We proclaim great joy, good news. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The shepherds proclaimed it. They just simply told what they'd seen and what they'd heard and what they found in the manger. If you have had an interaction with Christ, you can share that as good news. That's all you have to know. 
I love what, what Dr. Queen says. He's an evangelism professor at Southwestern, and he got it from someone else. If you know enough of the gospel to be saved, you know enough of the gospel to share it. And I would take the second step. If you don't know enough of the gospel to tell somebody else, you better turn around and re-examine your life. Because God's not calling you to share a theological treatise with your lost friends and neighbors. God's asking you to share the simple story of Jesus about what you've seen and what you've heard. I believe that one of the best ways to celebrate Christ is to tell others about him. That's one of the, 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 the things that we saw both the angels and the shepherds did. The angels also sang. We don't see the, the shepherds necessarily singing. But they both had to tell the story. Everyone who has had an encounter with Christ ought to be able to tell the story of what Christ has done for us and what we've seen and what we've heard. And then finally, as the shepherds left and, and they, were, they were declaring what they had seen and what they'd heard, the scripture gives us this little uh, parenthetical statement, but Mary was treasuring all of these things up in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned doing what? Glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd seen and heard which were just as they had been told. The shepherds could not get over it. And so they just continued from that point praising and celebrating Christ. Today, December the 26th, whether you, you can dig into all of the, the, the dates on what was the actual date of the year that Jesus was born. There's a lot of disagreement on that historically and even within the church. The church chose early on in Christian history to, to celebrate Jesus' birth on December the 25th. And so that day we celebrate. As we celebrate the birth of Christ, we're not just celebrating some type of historical event. We're celebrating a life-changing Savior, a baby who was born, who transformed lives for eons, for decades, for millennia, and is still trans transforming lives today. If you will give yourself over to Christ, he'll transform your life. If you'll surrender your marriage to Christ, he'll transfer, tra transform your marriage. If you'll surrender your life over to Christ, he will use you in a way that you would never have imagined before that he could use you. That's why we celebrate. It's not just that a baby was born. It's not just that he was born to a virgin. But we celebrate Jesus because he's the eternal king who was born into this world to be our savior. And he's still doing it today for anyone who would run to him. You've been listening to a Sunday morning message from our services here at First Baptist Watauga. Our family's mission is to exalt the Savior, equip the saints, and evangelize the lost. If you want to know more about First Baptist Watauga or need to reach out to us for prayer, go to fbcwatauga.org and let us know. In all things, to God be the glory, honor, and praise.